You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back, Wrestling Inc. listeners. It's me, Nick Hausman, the managing editor, and we are back with another edition of... The Winkly. This is your one-stop shop for all things original content from Wrestling Inc. We're going to pundit. We're going to talk to some special guests today, including the two main eventers of Bound for Glory. We've got Austin Aries, the Impact Wrestling Champion, and Johnny Impact, uh, also known as Johnny Survivor for all of you CBS reality show fans out there. And uh, we've also got a clip here we're going to play in between the Aries and John Morrison interview uh, from a uh, international call that one of our, well, the Wrestling Inc. Indian correspondent, Aki, uh, got some time with Dolph Ziggler. So we're going to play a clip from his interview with Dolph right here in the middle of the show. But at the beginning of the end of the show, I always like to invite a very good friend of mine, an educated person from the pro wrestling sphere. And I've got one of the best right now. He is our good friend, Scott Fishman. Scott, thank you very much for joining me at the Winkley. I mean, I had to. I mean, after you came on and did me a solid and came on my podcast, Press Slam, I had to come on your show. So well, appreciate it. Well, you know, we got to keep the love alive here, Scott. This is a very small fraternity we have of uh, pro wrestling journalists here. We got to look out for each other. Yep, I think it's only fair. I mean, I don't know if you're looking for Pokemon right now. I know our last discussion <laughs> we talked about that, but. Yeah, 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 yeah. I have, you know, I'm actually almost a level 33 Pokemon trainer, which is the same level as my girlfriend. And uh, if I surpass her, which I think I'm going to pretty soon, uh, she's going to be pretty upset, which I'm looking forward yeah. to. Rubbing I think you need her. to take the fall or else you'll, you'll be on the couch. Uh, well, uh, that's, uh, uh, by the way, also I have to say I started off the Wrestling Inc. podcast uh, yesterday with, with Raj and Labar by sending my best down to the, the fine folks down in the Florida Panhandle who were just about to get hit with Hurricane Michael. Of course, Hurricane Michael has, has moved through there and is... I don't know, maybe still a hurricane up in New York somewhere right now, the way this thing was moving. Um, but a lot of devastation, a lot of destruction. Cindy and our best down there. I know you're from the Florida area, Scott. Uh, we were just talking before we got on the air. Very scary how quickly Hurricane Michael just flared up and was gone, you know? Or not gone, but flared up and did did what it was going to do. 
Yeah, I mean, it just like just in a, within a couple of days, it was going from a, mi- a minimal hurricane into a, a major hurricane and the most devastating since, you know, Hurricane Andrew. It's just crazy. I mean, it, when you think about Panama City, I don't know, for some reason, memories of WCW and Panama City Beach um, just popped in my head and all those memories. And, you know, everyone there, just our thoughts are with you. And I, I know I, mean, I endured um, hurricanes in the past, including last year. So I know what it, uh, what it means to, to kind of have to pick your life back up and, you know, you're, you're affected no matter if, you know, if you had trees down, power lines down or, or street lights, you know, or if you, you know, extreme devastation of losing your home, it's just, you know, it's not a good time. These storms are pretty serious stuff. Yeah. Uh, so stay safe out there, guys. BC, even in the uh, the wake of the destruction, there's still dangers out there. So just take care of yourself. And uh, we'll, we'll roll out of that into the news here to start the show. Uh, speaking of taking care of yourself, uh, we have been touching this week at Wrestling Inc. on the Kevin Owens injury saga, which kind of started on Monday when Kevin Owens was beaten down by Lashley on Raw. Uh, injury angle apparently to cover for a legitimate injury. We uh, had heard that it was a knee Injury, uh, John Pollock first reported that, I believe. Uh, now the Observer weighing in as well with a new update. Uh, Dave Meltzer saying that Kevin Owens' injury is going to see him out of action for about four to eight months, um, which is unfortunate, uh, Scott, because I think Kevin Owens has, I mean, more than found a stride. I mean, this guy has just been knocking out of the park pretty much with everything they've given him as of late. I mean, it is unfortunate, of course, and there's never a good time for an injury, but I think absence will make the heart grow fonder. Maybe this mm-hmm. will give a chance for them to turn a corner. There was hinting that uh, there was going to maybe he'll turn face, uh, which, you know, that would be an interesting thing to see. I think he'd do a good job with it just as well as he does on the heel side of things. But considering what they, the material that he's been working with the last couple of months, um, this might be a good good way, kind of a refresh, a restart. Um, you have Sami Zayn on the shelf, too. They can kind of bring them back together. I don't know if the timing of the injuries or, or what that is like. But even if he came back, um, with just kind of avenging, maybe at this point Bobby Lashley will be this huge heel, or what, you know everything can change within a you know couple months time. But I think this might be a good thing for him to kind of recharge his batteries as much as spend time with his family and all that. But also for WWE creative, to maybe kind of see what they had um, with him without him being on the show every week. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And you know it was interesting because on Monday Night Raw uh, he made the face turn fully, but now he's gone. It was like he was such a great heel. You know, you even think about the Raw the week before, him and Elias in the middle of the ring. I think it was Seattle or Portland or whatever, where the, the crowds were just, they were all over these guys. It was the biggest reaction I'd, I'd heard heel heat-wise on a Raw in a while. And then the next week, flip real quickly, Kevin Owens, the most likable person on the roster. Do you, so you think that when he comes back, you think they carry the baby face momentum he uh, he picked up in that loss to Lashley? I feel like the whole, you know, the whole landscape uh, could change, you know, within now between next year and if he comes back with four months with or you know by the time wrestlemania comes around um but i mean i think it'd be a good op- fans like kevin o i mean they love you know when he, they make i mean the reaction he got with with elias was incredible it was like a lightning in a bottle type moment right so i think for long term i think fans you know he's so popular with the fans he sells so many t-shirts and things like that and when he even when he's insulting them, so I, it'll be interesting. I think for me to see how he does on the opposite side of things. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, let's uh, move away here from Kevin Owens. Let's talk about uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, of course, on Monday night announced that he was coming out of retirement for one more match. He's going to be teaming up with his good friend Triple H to take on the Brothers of Destruction in the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Wrestle Votes, uh, which is a Twitter handle that has broken a couple stories here over the past uh, year or so that have turned out to be true, but they're reporting that 
It, with Sean coming back, there's a potential for a WrestleMania bout. There's not, apparently no opponent on the books that's decided yet. Uh, you can have that speculation. But before we get into the WrestleMania bout, this tag match, let's talk about Saudi Arabia. This has been a really rough 24-hour news cycle uh, for Saudi Arabia. Of course, the news report of the journalist coming out being lured, uh, a Washington Post contributor being lured into a Turkish embassy where he was murdered, dismembered. Uh not a good look uh, for Saudi Arabia uh, being in a violent uh, rule like that and not necessarily the best look for WWE going into Saudi Arabia doing this show. Now, this is kind of a sensitive subject, Scott, but do you think that this is a moment where WWE should sit and think about the uh, the long-term effects of what this uh, move by doing a show in Saudi Arabia could, could do to the company? I mean, it's going to be it's becoming a lot harder, I'm sure, for them to kind of separate what's going on in their quote universe with the outside world, and um, it's it's really it's, you know it's kind of almost uncomfortable to to have to watch for a fan like us to watch a show from Saudi Arabia and then having them be there and it's hosted by the royal family there of Saudi Arabia, knowing everything that's happening on the outside of what's going on in wrestling, and sometimes that goes past that, so. You know, I'd like to think that they would take that into extreme consideration, um, yeah. considering everything. It's just also you have Kane, an elected official in the United States, in right? Knoxville, yes. who is working this event now. So if you're Kane and you're and you're you're knowing about this and you're like, um, I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how many people you know, if WWE is like, OK, if you feel uncomfortable about this, let us know. But he's he's pretty much in the main event of this of this card. Um, and you have Shawn Michaels, uh, a part of this, you know, Lord knows how much money they're getting for, for this event. But it just got me thinking about Kane, um, just the, just how it's going to impact him. And if, if other political pundits will, will comment on that, um, there was, that's what I think. I think you're right. I hate to cut you off, Scott, but I think you're right. I think it's going to be one of those things where if this becomes something that's in a Fox news, CNN, MSNBC, primetime hour, WWE is doing this controversial work. If it gets to that level, I I think that's when they start to reconsider, and we haven't quite seen it get there yet. Yeah, and then also, um, how do you promote, like, as far as the media go? You know, usually before a big event, you have phoners and things like that heading into a big show. I don't know if they want to put the, the, the wrestlers out there because you know that's going to be a top question, and, you know, it's not something you can stray away from because it's right there. They're traveling to this country that they're they're having all these things going on. I mean, you know, there's genuinely good people there too. You know, genuinely good fans and things like that that genuinely um, are over there. But you know, everything going on, it's just it's really not a good look. And this is a long term deal that they made with them. So this is not going to be anything that's going to go away anytime soon. It's just going to become harder and harder. And eventually, they're going to get picked up by this. And you know, with them being a publicly traded company. Um, I know uh, major companies like the New York Times and other there was other events uh, scheduled over there and they've pulled out sponsorships yes. because of this. Yes, they have. And so they're going to be looked upon about like, what are you guys going to do about this? So and then do you have NBC, Fox, you know, all attached with these big billion dollar deals. Do they want to jeopardize this for this? It's, I don't know. It's interesting because I don't know how many of our listeners out there follow the geopolitical landscape. But uh, Ben Solomon, the new king, I believe, in Saudi Arabia is uh has been making a very proactive approach in the past year or so about trying to bring Saudi Arabia and Western culture closer together. It was less than like six months ago. He was out in Silicon Valley with like Bill Gates and like uh, a bunch of other, I think Zuckerberg, a bunch of other folks 
trying to bridge that. And there was, up until this awful, horrible storyline, and as a journalist, I can tell you, hits home, uh, there had been enough cover for them to say, we are trying to change this region. We are trying to go in there as an ambassador of peace. And that argument, I feel, is really kind of evaporated right now. And I don't know that you need to table the deal forever, but I definitely don't. I think that it, at least it's a sign of solidarity for you know the freedoms of American democracy. This might be a, a moment to put it on hold and, and wait to see how things play out before taking a step forward. But you, you don't know. I, I was listening to The Observer this morning. Meltzer was talking about you know how people in the back are maybe scared to sh- to to speak up to cause an incident that that kind of thing i i wonder how long it is until that that dam breaks and we don't hear from more superstars from within about this especially a guy like Corey graves he was so outspoken after the last one about not wanting to do pro propaganda work you know mm-hmm. for a violent regime uh all right well let's move off saudi arabia here uh we are going to jump into the smackdown live 1000 preview here in just a moment but i want to remind you guys at the end of the show Scott and I are going to be back talking a little bit. we got a closing discussion plan. Scott was just out at the WWE Performance Center, so we'll talk a bit about the Performance Center. And I want to talk a little bit about the overall transition from uh, Performance Center to NXT to the main roster. So we're going to end the show on, on something like that. But let's get to SmackDown Live 1000. It's going to take place next Tuesday. USA, pack show, Scott. Now, uh, before we even get into the lineup here, do you feel a buzz for this? Are you, are you tickled? Are you, are you on edge for SmackDown Live 1000? <laughs> I mean, not. I mean, they they've done some promotion that you have the feel of, you know, some some special moments and some guests, but you know, it doesn't have the feel of what it did with Raw, you know, where they did the Manhattan Center and things like that. Um, so I think it's not as a big thing that they're you know, they're trying to make it special, maybe, but they're not even adding, you know, another hour. Something would have made me kind of feel a little bit more special if they kind of added more of those elements. Like I would love to see if, I mean, I brought it up having like Taz come on and broadcast the match or Michael Cole and Taz broadcast the match together, things like that kind of throwback or even bring back the fist would be cool. Mm. So just things like that, I thought would make it seem more come off as more special, but you know, it's, it hasn't been made a big deal as it was for raw. I mean, earlier this year, I think. Yeah. Uh, well, this is, you know, it's a two hour show, which I actually don't mind. Two hours pack as much cool stuff into two hours. You don't need to roll another 30 hour, third hour in there just to just to make it feel bigger. Uh, but you got two hours here. I'm looking at this preview. There's seven things, right? That's like less than 20 minutes a thing. And that's without even commercials. And that leads me to Rey Mysterio Nakamura. Uh, Ray, uh, WWE announced to signed a full time deal. It sounds like according to PWInsider.com, the deal is going to be for two years. Uh, and the first bout for Ray here back is going to be him and Nakamura on SmackDown Live 1000. Very cool bout. Uh, but again, because of so much stuff that's on this show, I don't know that we're going to get the dream match kind of vibe off this. In fact, I wouldn't even be shocked if Nakamura goes AJ Styles on this guy and just knocks Ray Mysterio in the crotch after five minutes just to kind of maybe lead to something else between the two of them and get Ray back on television. Uh, what's your expectation here for these two? Um, I think they want to bring back Rey Mysterio strong, and a way to do that is have a decisive victory over a big top name. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, they're just giving this match away. This could be a WrestleMania match. This could be a you know a pay per view match. But I think they wanted someone strong right out of the gate, someone that he can work with well, and kind of to show who the Rey Mysterio that you know those fans who may not know who I don't know if they know her. You know, if they're younger fans and they don't know Rey Mysterio, but if they didn't know Rey Mysterio, this is a way to reintroduce him, make him a top guy right out of the gate, and a win over Nakamura will do that. 
Um, I don't think it would do anything for Nakamura as far as the United States Championship, because quite frankly, they haven't done much with him anyway. So, um, but, you know, this isn't a title match. But, yeah, this could lead to something more maybe after the match. But I think they'll have, you know, a decent match to give to the fans to kind of bring Rey Mysterio back the right way. Yeah, we we shall see. My my worry is solely just about time. You know, again, it's like AJ Styles and uh, uh, was it AJ and Nakamura at WrestleMania? It could have been a great bout. It just didn't get given the time it deserved. So I don't know if this is where we're going to get the blowout between these two. I feel in my in my heart, it's going to lead to a longer bout down the road. But we shall see. Uh, uh, non wrestling action here. Uh, Edge is coming back for a brand new Cutting Edge, possibly with Christian. Great to see him back. I hope Christian's along with him. Uh, I don't know who they put in it uh, because we have Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles taking on Miz and Samoa Joe as an announced bout. Those are the kinds of folks I would think would be involved in a cutting edge. Oh, you know what? Who's not listed here? I know who will do cutting edge. It's got to be Aiden and Rusev and Lana, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, they have the existing storyline, something that they can have a lot of fun with. I think that would be a good candidate. Um, for me, though, you know, with Vicky Guerrero being there, I just hope there's some interaction between Vicky and Edge for me because I love their chemistry together. Um, so that could be something else that they kind of tease out in the, in the background, do like a backstage skit or something, but hopefully that happens as well for me. Maybe grow edge comes back. And he's got the full big beard again. <laughs> that's not, not washed or anything like that. You know? <laughs> and then you have Alicia Fox trying to plan their wedding again and mm-hmm. you know, good mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Vicky will be there. Former SmackDown live GM. Teddy long will be there. I would imagine we're going to get some interaction between him and page, maybe even a tag a- team match. Gotta be, right? That's gotta be, gotta be. Match with The Undertaker? I don't know. There's gotta be something there. Well, Taker will be there. Well, Taker will be there. Michelle McCool, his wife, will also be there, as will Tori Wilson. So I would imagine with Michelle and Tori, we're going to get some evolution hype in there. But yeah, Taker and Kane returning to SmackDown Live, I would imagine, to respond to Shawn Michaels coming out of retirement. Um, And that's gotta be it, right? They're going to come out, wave their hat, five minutes, lights up and down, smoke, and hurrah off into the sunset i mean they gotta keep if it's the undertaker entrance and you're kind of cutting time you, you know uh maybe they gotta just have undertaker in the ring at that point you know he came out at raw 25 and i was not impressed and i hate saying that because i'm a big undertaker fan but it was like his first appearance back after leaving the hat and the jacket in the ring and it was like oh is he gonna officially retire and he kind of just came out and rambled about digging holes and taking souls and left and, like, I had no idea what happened. It was weird. Yeah, but, you know, he was just getting the cobwebs out. Like, look what happened a couple weeks ago with him and Shawn Michaels. I think they did a great job that, that night. They, oh, they so. did. They did. Absolutely. Well, it's all about the writing. Uh, you know, the segments that they have planned for him. You can only go so yeah. much with. You got to have the material, the meat on the bone. Just not giving it at Raw 25. I hope he's giving him something. I hope he's giving something good here at, at SmackDown Live. Um, we, uh, we got one more match. Asuka, Naomi, and Charlotte going to take on the Iconics and Becky Lynch. Obviously, Charlotte and, and Becky are doing great work right now. But the big final segment here that I'm wondering how this is going to go down, what's going to happen, is the Evolution Reunion. And it's just an interesting thing for me because all four of those guys are just in, like, way different places in their lives. Right? Like, it, it's it's cool, but I have no idea what to expect from this segment. I think Randy Orton's going to lay everybody out. Or Batista will go see him punk pipe bomb style, just talking, spouting off about Triple H. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what, do you, what do you think is going to happen here when the, the Evolution guys get back together? I mean, I feel like this Evolution reunion is so out of place right now because, you know, you have Shawn Michaels and Triple H coming together with D-Generation X, and now you're doing another reunion at the same time. 
I just think it was just something thrown together for Batista, which he doesn't even need. This is what bothers no. me so much is Batista's coming back. He's a Marvel, you know, he's a legitimate Hollywood actor, you know, and, and, you know, he's been in all these big movies working with all these big actors. He's got that mainstream appeal. You don't need to put him where, you know, you don't need to surround him with, you know, more gimmicks and whistles and legends and other top names for people to care. Plus, you know, for so long, he was on top of SmackDown Live, uh, SmackDown, SmackDown Live, whatever you want to call it, for so long that him alone coming back would have been a big deal. So, uh, you know, th- will this lead to another angle with WrestleMania? I mean, you know, there was talk about him signing a longer deal and, and doing more appearances for them wrestling again. And obviously, in the past conversations, he's wanted to do that. So, you know, maybe it's to set up another angle. Maybe they're going to do t- try to reenact what happened with, uh, you know, where he's on the shoulders and he does the thumbs down and that kind of maybe that'll set up an angle with, you know, Batista and Randy Orton. Or cause yeah. I know he would been wor- wanting to work with Triple H, too. So, you know, hopefully it kind of comes. There's a reason. There's a method to the madness here, because on paper, like right now, like you said, it's just everyone's at a different place. So it's kind of. What is going on with this? Why is this happening? Yeah, and I hope I hope you are right. I hope this does spin out into like Randy Orton and Batista. Though I would love to see those two work together, especially at this point in their career. I think Randy Orton has got the uh, slow style, and I don't mean that derisively or negatively. I love how he gets everything out of every single movement: the the turn of the head, the twist of a finger. I mean, this is not Will Ospreay. Randy Orton is going out there, and he is deliberately trying to make it look and in some cases actually delivering that pain and uh i just think he's a very he's a great character and he's the kind of character that would work very very well uh with batista and a return programmer match all right well uh that brings us to our first interview here we're actually gonna take i'm gonna shoot you off into a a three interview direction here guys and then scott and i are gonna come back to wrap up the show with some nxt performance uh center chat uh first here we're gonna have impact wrestling champion austin aries followed by that the clip here from our good uh, friend the uh, wrestling inc indian correspondent aki got to chat with dolph ziggler and then after that we're going to have austin aries bound for glory opponent johnny uh, johnny impact johnny survivor whatever you want to call him obviously things between johnny and austin aries have gotten very very hot and oftentimes controversial on social media and i don't beat around the bush i get right to it here with austin aries so let's get to it <laughs> All right, at this time, I am joined by none other than the man who is the Impact Wrestling World Champion. You may know him as A-Double. It's Austin Aries. Austin Aries, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me today. Thank thank God there's no other, too. Could you imagine if there was two of me? Uh, Jesus. The world could handle it. I think social media especially. mm -hmm. Well, I mean, think about it, though. Think about all the fun wrestling spots you would get to do if there were two of you, though. You never got, I mean, you've never got to do the twin spot. There's a lot of spots there. Oh, man. I mean, when you put it in that context, we, I mean, we'd be one-time tag champions because we just would have won it once, and who, who the hell would have beat us? Oh, man. <laughs> Can you imagine Austin Aries? And that's what I always say, but if I was actually, that's what I always say, if I was actually, if I was actually like 6'2", 225. Can you imagine that? Uh, I mean, I'd literally be like the one-time world champion of pro wrestling because I just would have won this thing once, and that would have been it. Well, let's start there. Like Bruno San Martino all over again. <laughs> let's let's start there. Let's start there. The the short comment, right? I know that that's something uh, that's that's rankled you recently. Is size it, it, to you? Is, does size matter in pro wrestling right now? Oh no, uh, it doesn't rankle me. What rankles me is hypocrisy. What rankles me is selective outrage. What gets me upset is kind of distance. Uh, that that's what that's what really was the point. 
uh, listen, I, I stopped growing 25 years ago, so um, I'm used to going through life, uh, at, you know, a generously listed five foot nine. Uh, so, but what I'm seeing now is a culture where we're very sensitive and concerned about hurting people's feelings and, and not using, you know, and that, and that telling people they're less than or not good enough because of things that they don't necessarily control. But yet it seems opponent after opponent after opponent or critic after critic or pundit after pundit. That's all they can keep coming back to when it comes to me. I guess I should be flattered because it means I must be so damn good across the board that the only things you can really knock me on are my attitude, which quite frankly could be a product of society and maybe not me, uh, or my height. And I was simply pointing that out. And predictably, people got outraged uh, when, when I just even typed these words, much less used them in, in, any, in any way, shape, or form. And, uh, you know, again, I was, pointing out, I was pointing out a hypocrisy. Does size matter in wrestling? Uh, to, your, to your question, um, yes and no. Uh, obviously, I think the size of the performers come down considerably in the last decade or two. Um, but there's still obviously probably conversations that go on when you're talking about putting your championship title on someone or giving someone the opportunity to carry that. When it comes down to aesthetics, and this guy can look good on the poster, and we want him to roll out on the Today Show, and he's just the guy we want representing to be our world champion. To, to non-wrestling fans who maybe don't know if this guy's a really good wrestler, they're going to just base it off a look and a judgment off of appearance. Do you, I mean, I, I would think that that absolutely goes, goes on in not just this industry, but in, in probably some other ones too. Uh, and there's statistics to back these things up as far as, you know, as far as all that goes as well. Uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I, I guess for those that are listening right now, uh, you're beating around the bush. Uh, I didn't know we were so quickly kind of get to it, but you are obviously taking on Johnny Impact, Johnny Survivor, what you want to call, whatever you want to call him, Bound for Glory this Sunday. Hey, John. You just, you just John. Yeah, just me and John are gonna. Me and John are gonna get in the ring this Sunday. Okay, you you are, you're gonna be defending the title against John this Sunday, Bound for Glory. Yeah, John. Yeah, Johnny Impact. Johnny Impact. Yep. And you, got it. you yep. the reason we, I, I brought up the, the short comment and how it, you would rank it, it maybe rankled you. And I, I know how you took exception to that was you obviously you guys have gotten heated on social media around this very issue recently. Um, you know, do you think that it, it's been taken too far? Do you think you took it too far with some of the comments you made on social media? Uh, again, um, nothing I've done to hyper promote this match was ever taking any shots at this guy's deficiencies, his real deficiencies, right? If, if you want to look at it like that, right? Um, so I don't know, like, I, I guess that's the society we live in now is everyone gets to decide when, when, when the line of outrage is drawn for them and when it's too much. Oh, well, you can, you can say this, but oh, but you can't say that. I don't know. I mean, he took a personal shot. I came back with some truth. Yeah, I said it in a way that made sure got people's attention, made my point, and, you know, maybe somebody got offended in the process, and now he has to deal with that, and now, you know, so, hey, you know, I think he took his tweet down. I took my tweet down. Now everyone's feelings cannot be hurt. And go wrestle our match on Sunday. He wants to be the Impact World Champion. He says now going to come back from all these other things he's doing and now this is important to him this is this is what he's wanted his whole time while he's been off doing all this other shit 
and now this is what he wants. Well, I, I don't believe him. And you have to prove it on Sunday. And step in the ring, he's got to prove it. Now, I, earn it. I, I was uh, reviewing your, your social media, obviously, as I'm talking about it. And I know that you took exception to the, the Impact press release uh, that was just put out that was uh, featuring uh, – Johnny and, and, and Taya, do you feel like you're being over? I mean, you're the champ right now. Do you feel like they're the, the company you're representing is overlooking you in this match going into bound for glory? I'll be honest with you, man. I've been so focused on just training and getting ready for this match physically that I haven't really been paying much attention. I knew this week I had a bunch of media, you know, that I started seeing tweets coming out. Um, yeah. Until it was brought to my attention. Um, that, yeah, when, if you start looking at, at the press, you start looking at their social media. I mean, you think it was this guy that's been carrying the company for the last nine months. You think, you know, you, know, you think like he was the world champion. It seems like, you know, but, but that's cool. I get, you know, that's, I mean, that's, that's the world we live in, right? Yeah. So yeah. That's, why I have, that's, why I have to, that's why I have to continue to be that much better than everybody else now are you watching survivor i don't i don't really have i don't watch tv dude i watch i watch some sports watch i'm watching my milwaukee brewers right now okay whooping on some people uh showing some love uh but no i don't really have cable i don't really i don't don't have time i don't really watch much tv okay but you know i mean you know again maybe instead of watching tv i should just try to get on a tv show Maybe better serve my time that way instead of just going out and continuing to produce as the top pro wrestler in the company. Uh, you've I'm definitely interested in that. Uh, you know, you've got such a personality. Is there a TV show, a reality program that you think would best suit you? Is there one that you've got in mind? Maybe if you wanted to go that route. Probably not. Not one that any uh, corporate sponsors would want to put any money behind. I don't know. I don't know what channel you'd put me on nowadays. Someone, someone would, you know, it'd have to be some network that would have some, uh, some leeway in the content because, you know, I'd probably get canceled halfway through the first episode. I'd say the wrong word. So, yeah, I think, I'm, you know, at this point, and, and, and yeah, I think I'm just going to start calling myself the A word. You know, I think I'm just so highly offensive in and of myself that, uh, I shouldn't say my name anymore. I kind of, you know, I don't, I don't want to go back and, and dwell on it, but it's obviously something you're you're comfortable talking about, and it's obviously it, it seems to have taken an effect on you. What you've gone through, you know, you you spoke your mind on on Twitter. You got a very passionate response back from people that did not like what you had to say. I mean, how does this affect? How has this affected you uh, going through this experience right now? Oh, uh, it, it's not really affecting me at all. It, it, listen, uh, they're not just the people on Twitter, but, you know, the other people, you know, uh, you know, you can't offend people. You got to be very careful about people's feelings nowadays. And, um, you know, uh, so let's just say, uh, you know, <clears throat> I had a game plan and, and I've been, and I've been, you know, a plan of attack for this match. I've been trained. Um, you know, this just, just, just adds a little extra layer to it. That's all. You know, it doesn't really deviate too much from it, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see if it's the same for him. You know, we'll see if he's be able to come there, you know, clear headed and, and, and able to, uh, be stay focused on, on, on what he needs to do to, uh, to be what he says he wants to be, which is the champion. And sometimes when emotions get involved, you can make mistakes. So, or, uh, you can do things you're not, you know, <clears throat> 
maybe with uh, put, leave yourself open, you know. So uh, there's, you know, I think uh, it's been a very interesting handful of days in a lot in a lot of in a lot of aspects. And uh, but you know, um, sometimes when the stakes are high and, and, and things of that sort, emotions can sometimes get out of control, and uh, we'll get to settle it on Sunday. Now you all and uh, you you brought it up. You know how you wouldn't want to be on something that's got a corporate sponsorship tied to it. Is that something that's happened as a result of this? Is this where you've heard people are, are distancing themselves from you or anything like that? Oh no no no! I just listen. Uh, Austin Aries is not very corporate friendly. You know, that's my you know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> so no, I'm I'm. Uh, it takes the right. It takes the right type of. Uh, it takes the right type of. If we're talking about a television show, is what you're talking about. Sure. I would. It would take the right type of platform and, and people backing it uh, for that to happen. And in this landscape, you've got to be so so delicate with people. Um, you know that, that I don't know that there's a place for me anymore. Again, some of my favorite comedians uh, and, and then people uh, that I've listened to over the years, if they tried to talk about the things that they talked about, even in comedy guy like George Carlin or some of these guys that, you know, it'd be a little difficult for them. They'd have to be constantly explaining themselves to people, you know, and, uh, well, I, so, I, but I, you know what, the, I'm sure, I'm sure now with, with marijuana being legalized, uh, a lot of places, there are now some, some new sponsorship opportunities that are opening up. Which that's is true. Potcoin. Dennis Rodman, Potcoin, right? Um, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a student of comedy. I'm a big Lenny Bruce fan. I'm a big George Carlin fan. Um, sure. I, I think that, you know, context is everything. I, I, you know, just to kind of put a button on this, I, I, I kind of want to move away from it. I didn't plan the whole interview to be a talk yep. about your social media, but do you genuinely, you don't feel like you crossed a line. You, you think that you, you, what you said was within the, within the bounds of a, a build to a professional wrestling match, the head, the main event this Sunday. I think if you read that and you take the time to read it in the context, I think it makes sense. <clears throat> okay. And, and, and it makes a point and, and we can debate whether now simply typing certain words out, uh, or, you know, again, context is everything. And right now we don't, we don't use it when it comes to these things and intent. I could say, I could, you know, listen, I could, I could, I could, you know, I could say something very nice and I could go to someone, uh, you know, with, with, you know, some, uh, there was one lady and we're going to move off this after this. There was a lady who was very upset because, because of her daughter. And I used the R word, which in my time growing up, not that long ago was actually the medical term is what was used. And before that idiot was, and before that imbecile and moron were all medical and scientific terms before they were used as insults. Um, the mere use of the word in the context was offensive to her. But I could have went and very nicely said something like stupid idiot, which in and of itself wouldn't be offensive, but if it was directed with intent in context, it could be very much offensive. So it's not the word so much. And I think in society, we get wrapped up on a word. We got to look at what the context is of everything. And, and in today, where everything is so quick and we need to have an opinion on a judgment on it now, we don't read to comprehend and understand. We read to react and reply. And that's dangerous. All right. I, I will put up. Austin, I, I can't thank you for being so candid with me. This is uh, a lot of people in your position. I've explicitly been told by people that have been in similar spots. Don't ask me about this. I don't take the interview. Right. I, I won't interview him. 
you your candor uh, and being forthright, I, I really do. I want to thank you very much for for the conversation we've been able to have here for the the past couple of minutes. Um, Absolutely, I, I try I try to be pretty transparent in an industry where everyone's constantly being fake. I like to think that I'm, whether you like me or not, probably one of the more real people you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. That doesn't always. Leave some people uneasy at times. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, you know, we've <laughs> we've almost gone. We've almost gone the limit here. Uh, I will. I'll throw something completely out. Let's let's mix it up a little bit here. Obviously, it's a very heated match between uh, you and Johnny or John uh, this Sunday night. But there's another uh, interesting story that I kind of wanted to, to throw at you, and that's the story of the X Division. Sure. Uh, Brian Cage, the current X okay. Division champion. Yeah. You are synonymous with the X Division. Uh, you made that what it is in a lot of ways. I think for a lot of people, you and you know AJ and right. and and Kaz and Daniels and all those guys. For it to, for the title to not be defended, it bound for glory. Uh, does are, are, does that affect you, or do you do you think that's the wrong decision? Uh, I mean, obviously, you 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 know you like you'd like your titles defended at major pay per views. You know, I think most fans would would agree to that. Does that mean it always has to be the case, or? Uh, not necessarily. I just, what I think is funny is you, you look at Brian Cage, guys, you know, calls himself the machine, you know, 265, obviously spends a whole lot of time in the gym and eating chicken breasts and, and all that good stuff. The guy comes in impact wrestling and instead of going after a guy like Moose or Killer Cross, who's he, who's he beating up? A bunch of guys half his size walking on like he's a big man like that. Yeah. I, I went, I went in, I was in the X division champion, you know, and, and again, competing against guys mostly my size and I was, and I dominated it. And then I stepped up and then dominated guys that were double my size, just like him. So like, I'll be impressed when he gets in there with guys like Moose or Killer Cross and let's see if he's tossing around and, and doing the things he's doing now. Like he's an impressive athlete. I've been there in there with him, you know, but you know, right now he wants to, you know, he, he wants to go in there and do some flips and twists and dives, have fun. Don't get hurt. It's dangerous. Yeah, uh, he's he's very dismissive of the option C that uh, you infamously came up with. He doesn't want to go the route that you did. Do you think that's a uh, a fault right. of his? I, you know what? I just think that maybe when when he had to read like what option C was, like he's just he got a couple sentences in and he just there was too much for him. You know, sometimes I don't know if he even understands what option C means. Um, so he, he might think that's some type of superset that he can do to get an extra inch on his bicep or something. Who knows? Uh, you know, Brian Cage has his own vision of what he wants Brian Cage to be. Right now he wants to be the X Division champion. There's nothing wrong with that. I love the X Division. The X Division was what the company was based and founded on. You know, it's, um, it's always, in my opinion, um, you know, I've always struggled to really define exactly what it is. You know, um, you know, obviously, when I had the X Division title, I thought it was the most important championship in the company. So I would have absolutely wanted it defended on, on a pay-per-view because I would have thought that that was the main event. Now, this guy wants to be in a six-man match with some luchadors. That's cool. <laughs> Heated. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Austin, I, I want to thank you so much for the time today. You have been an open book to me and, and all the listeners out there. Uh, this Sunday, it goes down from the Melrose, Ball- Melrose Ballroom in New York, October 14th. It's bound for glory. Main event, A-double. Austin Aries defending the Impact World Championship. The A-word. <laughs> the, the A-word, right? Because we can't say your name anymore, right? You're, uh, you're off the uh, Hey, you know, you know what? My, my name now triggers people to a point where we can't say it. So it's now just the A-word. Yeah, well, there you go. Uh, it, I, again, Austin, if nothing else, you were – 
you are absolutely can't. And, and again, I can't, I can't express how many times I've turned down interviews because people won't talk to me about stuff. And the fact that you came on and were comfortable to address it and, and do your thing, I, I, I do. I, I, I thank you for it. I think that it's definitely insight that people want to hear and they would not traditionally get from somebody of your stature. And I don't mean that as a short joke. That's not what I meant, you know. So. I didn't, I, I didn't think you did until you said that. Sorry, dude. So thank you. Oh, my bad. Austin. Wait, is that go thank you and is that how that goes? You got oh. to beep that one out now, right? Uh-oh, sorry. Ross, Ross Foreman's going to be really unhappy if I don't bleep it out. So I think that Whoops. we – Yeah, sorry. Yeah, we have to bleep that one. Uh, Austin, thank hey, you again. Hey, sorry. <laughs> thank you again, Austin. The yes, the A-word yeah. – the A word taking on the A word versus John. It just doesn't have the same ring there to you it. There you go. You know the A word versus. I don't John. know. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you, know the, you know, you know, you know. The funny thing is, is that me calling myself the A word is still better than any of the names that guy's picked for himself in twenty years. Uh, hello, Doug. Uh, how are you doing today? Hey, man. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for uh, taking the time. Uh, I wanted to ask, you know, did you feel that you? Teaming up with Drew McIntyre was kind of a chance uh, for vindication for both of you, considering, you know, uh, Drew had to go out of the WWE and had to come back and prove himself. Did that kind of feel like, you know, a vindication, chance for vindication for both of you? Um, no, I mean, I think it, it worked out as a great partnership because, you know, we're watching each other's backs and we both have the same goals in mind. But, of course, I mean, just getting to WWE, everyone gets here differently. Some people pick up a flyer some people work their whole life some people are fans their whole life some people come from football or mma uh i'm someone who doesn't go away and constantly outworks everyone in the entire locker room and once in a while there's an opportunity that goes my way and i make the most of it some of us have to go away to learn what we're missing and come back and shut everyone down and uh drew's been the best example in recent memory that i can think of of someone who is who wasn't bad, he loved wrestling and wanted to do it his whole life. He just got so focused and so much better at it that he's unstoppable now. Right, and, uh, you know, you were the champion late last year. You had to relinquish uh, the title because, you know, uh, uh, you wanted to just uh, kind of make a, make a point of a point um, and took some time off. So what are your thoughts on needing to kind of build on the momentum that you had at that time? Hang on a second. All the time I took off. You know I was gone for three Mondays, right? I missed three TVs? Yeah. You know that's yeah, not a lot of time off, right? Yeah, but, you know, you... you, you think how, how, how long do you... Just... Yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Just how long do you think I was gone for when I took some time off? A couple of weeks, yes. There you go. Just want to hear you say it. Okay, so when I begged to go away for a long time. I wanted something special to happen, and I wanted to go away, work on myself, make myself stronger, make my character better, do some outside projects. And when I uh, was inserted into the United States title match, I said, what can I do? Can I only have this match be more prestigious? How can I steal this title away from these two other superstars? And when I found a way, the reaction was there, but it wasn't quite what I wanted. And I thought to myself, I throw this down in the ring and walk away and don't say a word. That will get everybody talking. That will be similar to going away for three months, going away for six months, going away for a year or two, as much as I can without giving up and breaching my contract. So I did what I could, and I slammed that title down, and I walked out. And that's the most anyone's talked about me in seven years. And I really wanted to capitalize on it and make something special about it. We went in a different direction, 
but sometimes you do everything you can within your power. And I, without a doubt, have always done everything in my power to make titles mean something, to make memorable moments mean something, and to have my career be as best it can be. So some things are out of my hands. I don't own the company, but I wanted that to be special, and it was. It just could have been a hell of a lot more special. Gotcha. Uh, you also, you know, briefly yep. talked about your favorite match just now. I wanted to ask you about your favorite moment uh, when you won the World Heavyweight title on, on Raw after WrestleMania a few years ago. Is it kind of safe to say that, you know, that was your favorite moment of, of your WWE career? No, it's not safe to say that. Uh, it's a cool moment, and the reason it happened was because of the fans and my hard work all mixed together, and it's a pretty awesome thing, and I'll never forget it. Uh, but a lot of moments that have been bigger for me are, you know, being, you know, being hurt and having a pulled groin or a separated shoulder and still going out and doing 30 or 45-minute matches and setting the bar for everyone else, even when I'm not at 100%. Those matches, you know, that I don't really talk about at live events where I have free reign to do whatever the hell I want and I take advantage of it. Those are the moments that I think about the most, and, and they'll be great in my book. Uh, but, of course, on paper, that world title match, it's awesome, man. The reactions were there. The story was built in for years. Someone who hadn't gotten his due, and finally, because of the fans and the hard work, it all came together that night. Sadly, there was no other plans after that. So what are you going to do? At this time, I welcome one half of the main event for Bound for Glory this Sunday night. He is the mayor of Slamtown, Johnny Impact, a.k.a. Johnny Survivor. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat today, John. Well, thank you for having me. I don't know if we have enough time to go through all my nicknames, but it's good to be here. <laughs> it's I, good to be back. I kept it to Mayor of Slamtown because I did watch Survivor last night. We're going to not talk. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to table my Survivor questions for the end of this interview, but Slamtown, Slamtown, Slamtown came up more than once in that episode. So, uh, um. I actually really dig the term Slamtonians, mm. um, as coined by the robotics professor Christian Hubicki. Um, I'm, uh, I'm going to go with that. I think I've got a Slamtonian flag, maybe make a Slamtonian t-shirt. There's a lot, of, a lot of good things you can say about Slamtonians. Well, now I feel like I have to follow you down the rabbit hole. I wanted to start with Aries. And okay, now... yeah, sorry, I did it. I did it. That's yeah, fine. We'll, we'll, we'll finish with Aries. Yeah, we'll finish with Aries. Let's talk Survivor. So I want, if, for all of you out there that are Survivor fans, I'm a huge Survivor fan. I can remember exactly where I was when I watched the very first episode of Survivor Season 1 live. So I've been in it for a while now. And I got so excited when I found out you were going to be in Survivor this season. You're not the first celebrity they've ever had on the island, first of all. which I'm I not know, even the first wrestler they've had on the island. Who was the other? Oh, was it? Well, Johnny... Uh, what was it, Johnny Chaos? What is well, that? Fair Play. Uh, Johnny, Johnny Fair Play, but I was talking about Ashley Mazzaro oh. from uh, season 20. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, well, you're on the island as a as a pro wrestler. i got to ask, first of all, well, let's talk about Christian. Christian's a, a robotics professor? Like, Yeah, and we can't we can't say too much about stuff, but uh, Christian's a robotics professor. Um, mm-hmm. from, from what I've seen of him on TV, mm-hmm. um, is a the way that I'm going to frame this conversation. Sure. Um, charismatic guy. I love that he's talking about Slamtown and Slamtonians. Um, it's it's super funny to hear that uh, conversation. Um, it, 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 and it's actually fun and endearing to think that that's what the uh, the Davids are talking about. I'm sure they're talking about a million other things, but at one point, at least. 
Clem Hamilton in their thoughts, and I like that. Call me off guard, yeah. He he's sitting there on his part of the island talking about how Slamtown would function if it was an actual city. Since you are the mayor of Slamtown, he he was the one that called them Slamtonians. Uh, I actually thought that you were going to get eliminated last night because I thought you were getting. What? I thought you were going to get eliminated because I thought you were getting too much TV time. There was a lot of you in last night's episode. Not that that's a bad thing, but that's a, that can sometimes preclude somebody leaving the island, you know? It's, it's true. It's that, um, I, I know exactly what you mean. Mm-hmm. See? You're, uh, you're a production guy. You're an entertainment guy. You're uh, following the, uh, the subtle production cues. You're right. A lot of time, people, uh, people get their farewell, their farewell episode, and that's, uh, that's how they do it. Yeah, so I was a little nervous for you. I was glad. I'm glad we're not doing your exit interview today. Um, just again, I'm not gonna. I don't want to. I, if there's non-survivor listeners out there, I apologize. I've maybe ruined this portion of the show for you. But just, I gotta know you. The challenges on that show. You're so synonymous with parkour and doing crazy stuff. Do you feel like in your more in your element there? Is that like a big strength for you to be able to compete in those with all of your background? Um. I was really excited to be there and participate in the challenges, and I thought that like uh, I did really well on a lot of them. But um, part of the strategy of Survivor is sometimes downplaying your strengths, which uh, which is all part of like your overall strategic arc in the in the game. Oh man, we gotta we gotta do an exit interview. Nick. We, yeah, we gotta I, I, I gotta stop talking. <laughs> I, I, here, I gotta stop talking. I don't want to get you in trouble. I don't want to know. I have to say out loud that like I started watching like Stranger Things season two before my girlfriend, and she got really upset about it, and she ruined like l- like two seasons ago. She just told she went online, she found the winner, she ruined it for me, and I have to rub that in her face because it was such an awful thing to do. Um, but right. uh, but uh, yeah, buddy, I'm I'm rooting for you. I'll I'll lay off the survivor stuff. Let's switch it over here to Aries. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it in December. Let's talk about um, so for mm-hmm. the uh, often Aries. We got um, Bound for Glory coming up this Sunday. Um, I don't know exactly what he was trying to achieve by uh, by saying what he said about Taya, but um, let me just start by saying it motivated me to want to kick his ass this Sunday. And let me throw the ball to you and ask you to uh, let me know what you thought of some of the tweets and some of the things that he said on TV, because I'm interested to get like uh, some alternate perspectives on this. You know, you know obviously the TV stuff, you guys are kind of in the in the bounds of pro wrestling. It's the social media stuff, right? right? It's the social media stuff that um, you know is questionable. I've I've had a kind of mixed reaction personally, and I don't usually go into my own personal thoughts in these styled interviews. I already interviewed Austin. He's he's on the show. We're gonna play his interview. It would have played just before the interview I'm doing with you right now on the show today. And you know he took all my questions. You know I pressed him pretty hard okay. about if he if he should apologize for it and. He didn't, you know, and, and at least he took the questions. At least he's taking the time to give his side of it. It is a little disheartening that he went that far and has no remorse for it. And I, I guess that maybe plays into the, the drama of, of, of y'all's bout a little bit more. But is that the right kind of well, story that you want going into this match? So let me first of all say this. Like, he framed his... Uh, his insults to uh, to my wife, his homophobic shot at my tights. It, he framed everything as a hypothetical. But really, that was just a mechanism for him to leave himself a way out after insulting my wife. Basically, after insulting her. 
Um, the, the fact he doesn't have any remorse is funny to me. This, this whole situation is funny to me, and, and I feel two emotions. I feel um, furious at times, and sometimes I laugh at like how ridiculous this is. But like, the Impact World Champion is tweeting about my wife. <laughs> really? What the hell? He said he couldn't say that to my face. Like, so that's what he decides to do to to try to get to me is um, instead of uh, saying any one of the million things he could have said about me, because I'm sure there's plenty of stuff. I'm far from perfect. Everyone's far from perfect. But, uh, but me especially, I'm, I'm far from perfect. He could have said a ton of stuff about me, but for some reason, he chose to um, call Taya Husky, and in my opinion, that does cross a line. It's, uh, first of all, someone that's not involved in the match, and I'm not sure why he thought that like uh, she might be my weak spot, but she's not. She's very strong and she's super pissed. Um, and just the idea of this day and age, someone... I mean, it's just so unnecessary. It's unnecessary for him to have to go there. And really what it says to me is he's very insecure. Um, Austin Aries is a very insecure person. He doesn't want to be perceived to lose and um even like even like an argument we're having on twitter we're flinging poop back and forth about uh who's gonna win it for glory and um for him to stoop to that level and then somehow still justify it in his own head as if it's okay to do that um just confusing to me so you i'm not confused about how i feel about it but i'm confused about what's going on in his head you absolutely feel he should apologize correct yeah, he can say whatever he wants to me. I don't need an apology from him, but I mean, you know what? I don't even need an apology. Like, I just, I feel like he should recognize that calling someone's wife Husky on Twitter is crossing a line. If if he doesn't realize that, then he's got a problem. He's going to have a lot of problems because that is crossing a line. It, it crossed the line with me. It crossed the line with like present day society. People are pissed about this. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it's funny because it's getting a lot of buzz and like, did he cross the line? Did he go too far? And people are pissed about that. But for me, it's more of a personal thing. Like it, yes, like fat shaming and um, using the word retard in a tweet is offensive to people that are wrestling fans. And it's not something that I feel like you should ever do. Um, I don't understand how he could not understand what the problem is. It's, it's weird. It's like, I feel like he needs to realize that he can cross a line. And, man, I'm, I'm talking in circles because no, I'm no, getting he... myself worked up thinking about this. I'm glad, we, I'm glad we're trying to survive and finish with this because now, now I'm getting pissed. Yeah, it would have been a, would have been a rough transition. Uh, might have gotten eliminated from the island too early there. Uh, it is. I mean, it's such it's so tough. Obviously, first of all, this is your wife. This is someone you love. You care a lot about. This isn't somebody on the other side of a Twitter screen. I mean, you you're spending your days with Taya. You're seeing how this is affecting her. Uh, is this something that you? Well, and also look, Taya. Like Taya is someone that has has uh, battled eating disorders. Taya is someone that is trains every day and works really hard and has 
had some like um, some medical problems that she's figured out and is now like on top of like a situation. And him saying that is is something that was unwarranted. She didn't say anything to him ever, and it really like tapped into something. When I when I read that, it hit me in the stomach. I had, like, it felt like I got punched in the stomach. Is how it felt to me, um, because I knew that it would affect Kira. And um, by no means does it put a damper on her happiness or overshadow her match with Tessa at Bound for Glory. But it it feels to me like just you know what, like it. it if if he was looking for a, a way to like win by making me angry, he he did it. Like he he figured out like a way to like make me so pissed off I feel like punch him in the face. Um but with regard to like winning an argument on Twitter, he didn't. Now is this something that you were so upset about that you brought to impact management attention? Have you talked to them at all about how this no, is all played out? No. Like that's that's not how wrestlers deal with problems like this. No, absolutely not. Um, we we both got calls from Impact Management about some of the, the tone and language in our posts, um, and they requested that they were we remove them. Um, this isn't something that I would bring up with any kind of management. This is something that I would bring up directly with Austin Aries. So you don't think if Impact Management had not intervened, do you think Aries would not have deleted those tweets? Absolutely not. I don't think I don't think he would have. I wouldn't have deleted mine either. I would have. They would have still been up right now. I mean, he wouldn't have deleted it because he clearly doesn't think he did or said anything wrong. And I mean, I just took mine down because they requested. <laughs> um, that I mean, yeah, that is what it is. Have you ever had anything like this happen to you in wrestling, where somebody took it too far, took it to this level? I feel like this is the first time that it's happened on this public of a forum. And it, it's something that happens in the business frequently, but this is the first time it feels like, I mean, we're, we're talking about it right now in a uh, for glories in a couple of days. And it's, uh, it's interesting because I should be preparing for this match in a different way. And um, I'm stewing over things that he said, and you know, and he, he, I don't know if he did this on purpose or if he just kind of like backed into it, because what what he did was uh, really he made himself look like like a piece of crap, I think, and everyone sees that except him. Uh, well, I, I thank you for, for being so honest. It's going to be a very interesting match that you guys have in the main event uh, this Sunday. Uh, it sounds like it could be a, a very intense confrontation uh, between you two. And then maybe maybe best you guys go to your, your corners for a little while there. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I don't even know what I'm going to – I'm, I'm going to see him on Sunday. I don't know what I'm going to say to him when I do. But it's interesting it's, is a nice word. You know, and that's the thing is like – you know, I'll, I'll, do you think that this brought more stakes to the match, or do you think this turned people off because of the direction it took going into it? I 
you know what? I feel like it brought more stakes to the match. I feel like uh, the match has, for me, been about the title for a long time. Yeah. It's, that's what it's been about for me. And it, it still is. Mm-hmm. But now there's another element. There's another element involved. And I don't know. I, yeah. To me, it's interesting. When, when lines are crossed and situations like this blow up, and people have to figure out what to say and how to act and how they how they should feel. Personally, it makes things more interesting. Yeah. Well, you would certainly be a a worthy title holder. You're doing. You've always been great, Johnny, and you've transcended so many promotions. It's great to see you transcending outside of just pro wrestling now into other things. Uh, of course, Survivor, uh, Boone the Bounty Hunter. Any updates on the Boone front? Any a uh, Boone Two or a Boone TV series on the horizon? <laughs> um, Boone's on Netflix. It's uh, just been released on Netflix. Uh, if you haven't booned yourself, um, you should do it ASAP. Kira and I wrote a horror movie on our honeymoon that we filmed in our house just a few weeks ago. What? Um, which is the next project that I, I'm going to have coming out. It's a, it's a crazy thing called the Iron Sheik Massacre. The Iron Sheik is involved. Um, PJ Black. Kevin Cross, um, Holly, Maui, Super Panda. It's, uh, it's going to be nuts. It's, it's not going to be done for maybe a, a year because those things take a lot of time. But I, maybe when we're doing the, the Survivor gimmick in December interview. Okay. I'll tell you more about that. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm fascinated. A year from now would be right around Halloween, and that sounds when the Iron Sheik Massacre should be let loose on the world. That's you know exactly what we have in mind. Good. Glad to hear. And Super Panda. Who doesn't love a giant, walking, cuddly panda? Um, right? Come on. Right, right. They just want bamboo. That's it. That's all they and want. Hugs. That's all they want. Well, guys, catch him every Wednesday night on Survivor. Catch him every Thursday night on Impact. And definitely catch him this Sunday night on Pay-Per-View, taking on Austin Aries for the Impact Wrestling Championship. Uh, thank you very much for the time, John. I look forward to the match this Sunday. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much to Aries Ziegler, Aki, Johnny Impact, and now thank you to Scott for coming back to finish the show up with me. Scott, you were down in the Performance Center recently, were you not? Yes, it was uh, for a 2K19 event a couple of uh, weeks ago. Uh, they had the event; they hosted the event within the Performance Center, um, and then they kind of gave everyone a chance to play the game, and they talked about you know the game and everything, but also gave a sense of what it's like for a, a superstar to or someone who signed with the company a developmental deal to what they kind of go through every day so that i thought that was a really cool environment to kind of do that well uh, walk uh, walk us through this scott for those that aren't that don't have the privilege of of doing what you did what is the day in the life like for somebody in the performance center who has just signed a developmental deal i mean they have all the tools basically there for them to to progress um Right from the start, you know, we get we walked through uh, a room and then they they show us where, you know, they're cutting. There's a green screen. They can cut promos and they re- they can have a chance to review the tape. Um, they have multiple rings uh, within the performance center area. So you're having a, you're seeing a lot of guys at different levels, different stages of their career. Um, they're all getting you know, they're all working um, with trainers and coaches and things like that. Um they had something like that going on. I don't know if it was like planned, like, okay, show, show these guys, you know, what you're, what you're working on and things like that. Um, but one of the cool things about, uh, 
the, the, the whole experience was they had some matches going on. Um, so, and one of the matches was Cassius Ono and Stacey Irvin Jr., um, who, who, who recently has been signed or has been signed a gymnast background. Um, and that was his legitimate first match, you know, real match in front of an audience ever that he had. Um, and, you know, it was just really impressive that to see that kind of putting all the tools together and then kind of rewarding him with an experience of performing in front of a crowd. And I think, you know, having that, you know, you have your different steps and different levels and things like that. I think that was a, a cool thing to have kind of showcase is, you know, you're doing all this training right from the beginning and then this is your reward and this is the moment you have is kind of wrestling in front of an audience. So I thought that was a cool experience to see. How, how, did, he, how did he fare in the ring against Cassius? Oh, it was great. I mean, Cassius is great in the ring, a veteran, of course. Right. So he was playing the crowd. He was doing a really good job. But Stacy was, you know, he really stepped up. And, and you could tell that they worked together before, you know, working on what, what this match was going to be. Um, he took, a, you know, a lot of solid, you know, hits there and things like that. So I think he did a good job. There's a ton of potential with him. His athletic ability, incredible. Um, he has a great look. So I think, you know, there's a bright future for him. And there's a, probably a reason why he was chosen to be featured in this kind of where all, you know, so many media from around the world uh, world there. So, you know, you want to make sure you're not going to, you know, crap the bed, so to speak. So thank you for cleaning that up. I appreciate yeah, I don't that. know what a you know, PG version. Sure. So I think he, he did really well with the, the opportunity. Now, uh, coaching wise, are there any new faces down there? I mean, I know it's been Norman Smiley has been down there, of course. Uh, Albert um, has been down there. Who is there anybody else down there you noticed or saw that was missing um, coaching wise? You know, yeah, I didn't see any different faces there. Miss Sarah Motto was there um, as well, um, and then you saw a lot of the the other medical staff that works there as well regularly. Um, but it's just such a, a cool atmosphere just to be there, and you're seeing all the the, the wrestling history. Um, you're seeing the the tag team, the Dusty Classic trophy that's in there. Mm. Um, and then there's, you know, when you go to the bathroom, you're like, you know, Dusty Road. You know, so many people have used this bathroom <laughs> over time, you know, over the years. And, you know, just simple things like that. And just the kind of you're sitting on the ring steps and just getting the sense, soaking it all in, you know, because it's such a cool experience to to actually see there. And then, and then when you see in the, the gym area, you're seeing like Finn Balor working out. And you're seeing Johnny Gargano working out, Ricochet working out. It's just it's like another day at the office. You know, you're coming into work. It's just like clocking. In. It's like, all right, time to, to do my thing and get ready for the matches and the shows for the week. Now, what's the now what's the attitude down there, you know, with these guys like Ricochet and all that? I mean, it, it, do you get the vibe that I, I guess maybe what's the attitude isn't the, the right question. What's the feel of a lot of these guys? Are they excited to, to make the leap to the main roster? Or do they seem like happy and kind of content being down there in Florida? Uh, I'm sure I don't know if they want to, they're going to say they're content. I think they always that's the main goal is to to go to the main roster because you know a lot of people are like oh they're not being used and and whatever whatever like that. But at the same time they're on the main show they're getting valuable TV time. The potential their earning potential grows significantly. So I think a lot of them are motivated by that. But at the same time you know NXT is not what it was a year ago. It's not what it was years ago. So. You know, it's this established brand. So, you know, it's something that you can feel like you're working to build and continue to grow. And, the, you know, there's a lot of talk about what's going to happen with NXT in the next year or so. So there's a lot of excitement uh, in regards to that at the potential of what could happen. Um, they're already doing the live events and things like that. But how can you grow it even further? But it's a delicate balance because you don't want to grow it too much to stand you know, because you this want this it, its function is to be a developmental for the main roster. So. It's it's a little of both, I'd say. 
Now, okay, so you said its its function is supposed to be developmental for the main roster. If that's its function, do you think that it's functioning correctly? Because the the main argument I hear over and over and over again from fans, I feel like, in the IWC is that they fall in love with Stars Down in NXT, and then when they make the leap to the main roster, they seem to be diluted a bit. So do you think that currently the Performance Center NXT are serving the function they're intended to do? Um, I definitely think that it's serving the function of preparing the guys on the main roster for the guys and girls on the main roster for what's to come. Like you're working the shows, you're doing the loops and things like that. So in that sense, yes. But I definitely think there's a disconnect on the creative side between what's going on in NXT and what's going on in the main roster. Um, so maybe they're that on that end, I, maybe I believe, maybe I don't know if they, they probably do it now. I don't know how often, but if they they have all the creative teams coming together and do kind of like conference calls and things like that to stay on the same page mm-hmm. and see what is working, what is not working. And I think that would be a major contributor uh, to helping kind of ease that transition a little bit creatively wise. But I think as far as giving them the fundamentals and the tools to succeed on the main roster, I think they're doing a, an outstanding job on that end. It's, it's a really interesting observation that, that you don't see the creative teams mingling enough and that they both kind of live in their own universes there. Um it, it, do you think that the create what are the differences between the main roster and NXT creative? Is there just less people down at NXT? Is it just one or two guys, uh, and that's why it works so well because there's not too many voices in the room as opposed to the main roster? Um, I mean, I would I would think I, I wasn't there. You know, I don't see the creative side sure. of things, but I would assume you know you get one hour of TV. You do the tapings every couple of weeks. You have the uh, the live events and things like that. So and then you don't have the the. I don't want to say added pressure, but there's, you know, a lot of pressure doing the live shows and having to answer more to Vince McMahon than you do on the uh, the NXT shows. Maybe having the more freedom to kind of try new things and kind of explore uh, what's going on with with the uh, with the guys, the superstars, maybe getting more feedback um, on their end as well. So I think the big difference is the the time that the amount of hours that they have to put the fact that they have to build toward a live event every couple of weeks as opposed to every couple of months like they do with the NXT takeovers. So there's a lot of things to take into account um, why you know creative would be different and things like that. So um, it's just looking at the big picture, I think, from our end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's just an interesting time. You know, trying to watch these guys develop in NXT, also make the leap to the main roster. There does seem to be that disconnect there right now. I think that you're on to something, Scott, about having these creative teams work together, maybe a grace period when they know somebody's coming up, but passing off notes of what has worked with the audience down and NXT up to the main roster. I don't know. Uh, do you, and I mean, do you think there's still the element of on the main roster guys, regardless of their NXT prestige? Uh, again, it's like they have to reprove themselves once they come to the main roster. I mean, I, in a sense, I think they, they should be able to have to prove themselves again. Cause you're not, it's like going from high school to college. It's like, Okay, you're this big guy on campus now. Now you got to show yourself on the big leagues of college. So I think in that sense, um, I think they have to kind of do that. But in a sense, it's also you don't want to forget where these guys, where they, where they found their success. Why are fans resonating with them on the on NXT? And don't kind of tweak that. So often, you know, they want to kind of change that a little bit and kind of change where they're whatever direction they're going. I mean. Right off the bat, the Ascension is like the prime example of, of that. Like you had the most dominant team of NXT and kind of within one show, they kind of ruined all that. And they kind of haven't been able to get their footing ever since. You know, had a little bit last couple of weeks, but the last couple of years it's not been. So, you know, you'll have your success stories and things like that. But then, you know, um, it's just 
kind of give or take in the timing of everything. And just there's so many guys on the roster, too, of Raw and SmackDown and things like that. It's like they're going to call these guys up. But, you know, is it the right time? You know, more more now than ever. It's like there's so many faces on the roster. There's only so much TV time. Um, should they have stayed in NXT? Should they have not? Um, but, you know, so it's more than ever. I think it's kind of a delicate balance and kind of de- making that ultimate decision if they want to get called up or not. Absolutely. Yeah, I love Tommaso Ciampa right now. He says he's never leaving NXT. <laughs> see, him, see him post-mania, well, I guess, on Raw. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're always, they, you know, it's they do where they're they're told. But yeah, he's been amazing right now. And just having him in Velveteen Dream. And then you imagine what's going to happen on the main roster. Like, how would they interact? How would they deal with that environment? I think Velveteen Dream, I think, would, would, would do a good job. But, you know, what would they do with Tommaso? Would he have the kind of freedom that he has now in these... And I think the environment tells the story, too, because you have the intimate environment to kind of build the crowd, to build the audience, and then they have the big shows where kind of they could show what it's capable of. But it's interesting when you slap an NXT logo on a ring and, and the arena, and then the energy just is different than, you know, you're you're in the same venue as a SummerSlam, but a take, you're in a takeover, but just because you have that energy, it's the energy is different. It's just so interesting because you're using the same venue and everything, and then all of a sudden it's just the, the same... It's a different kind of uh, atmosphere. It was bizarre being at uh, All In and feeling that energy. And I was like, oh, man, I do. I kind of feel like I'm back at TakeOver Chicago, Tyler Bate versus Pete Dunne, UK Championship two years ago. You know, it was like that, but the whole show, you know. Um, all right. Well, with that, with that, guys, uh, we are going to wrap it up here for the Winkly. Uh, again, I want to encourage you guys who didn't have time this week to get to the mailbag. We're just getting the show rolling. This is only episode two of the Winkly. Uh, but go over, use the hashtag. Winkly, W-I-N-C-L-Y. Let us know your feedback. Uh, let us know what you think of the show. Go over to iTunes. Subscribe to Wrestling Inc. audio channel. You're going to get this show. You're going to get the Two-Face podcast. You're going to get the post-Raw and SmackDown uh, review shows. You're going to get po- uh, power Slam- Pancakes and Power Slams with Chris Featherstone. You're going to get a bunch of great content, guys. Go over to the Wrestling Inc. audio channel. Subscribe. Let us know what you think. And uh, last week at the end of the show, uh, I-, I proposed a contest. And I said, we don't have a logo yet for the Winkly. And I, I'm, I'm all about contests, you know. And I said, if you want to design a logo, your logo could win. Maybe we'll put on a shirt or something like that. And I got, I got a response back from somebody that was like, it's really cheap to, to run a contest to get a graphic and not offer a direct prize. And, the, and as I admitted last week, you know, the prize is, is in flux. So I'm going to up the stakes a little bit. Next week, I'll have another update on the logo contest. We're running this till the end of the month. If your logo gets picked, and I'm trying to figure out how to do this exactly with Raj, but I think what we're going to do is if we're going to if your logo wins, we're going to put on a shirt. We have a pro wrestling tee store and we're going to have a percentage of the profits from that shirt go back to you if your logo gets designed. Now, I'm not going to say forever. It might be to a certain amount of money that you can make that that money on that logo. But we're going to try to financially incentivize you guys, because if this works, I kind of want to replicate this again and get more of you creative design people out there creating logos, putting them on shirts and help wrestling Inc sell those shirts, and make you guys some money. It's a little, it's a crazy, it sounds like a pretty crazy idea, doesn't it, Scott? There's so many talented wrestling fans who are doing these amazing designs, and they do it within, like, such a short amount of time. Like, you're in the middle of a show, and they have something popping up right there. It's like, wow, how did you, like, you just had that there. So it'll be interesting to see what, you know, fans come up with for that logo that you guys got. Yeah, Winkly logo first, and again, if this goes well, if we get this off the ground, and everybody's happy, and the winner's happy, we'll do it again and we'll do a non-logo contest, and I want to keep this thing rolling. So get those logos in. Let's get it rolling. Get your creative juices going. 
Uh, I am Nick Hausman, managing editor of Wrestling Inc. at Wink, W-I-N-C, Rebel, over on Twitter. Follow me there. Scott, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, send you love? All those great things. Um, well, they could follow me on Twitter at SM Fishman. Um, if you go to TV Insider and you could search my name, you can see all the content that I've been doing. A, a lot of content from that visit at the 2K at the Performance Center for 2K19. Mm-hmm. Um, you also see an interview I did this week with Paige. Um, so there's a lot of good content up there. Aside from that, there's other entertainment uh, interviews and, and posts that I do there. Um, I also just started, <laughs> believe it or not, uh, writing uh, contributing to Gambling.com. Where I've been doing, uh, be doing previews for the WWE shows uh, coming up. So I did one for uh, Super Showdown. So I'm sure I'll be doing something up in the next couple weeks for other. Uh... And then also Press Slam Wednesdays uh, on MLW Radio Network. We we do a podcast with fellow journalists Chuck Carroll and Aaron Oster. Yeah, great show, guys. Go go check that out in Gambling.com. <laughs> wow, what a great domain go name. Go figure. You know, I'm just get me booked. I'm like a you know. A writer, but wrestler. You know, I just want to. Wherever who wants to pay me, just get me booked. I'll be there, and I'll and I'll produce content for you. Scott Fishman, mercenary for hire, pro wrestling journalist. <laughs> Hit him up, guys. Go follow him on Twitter. Thank you so much for tuning in to another great show here this week. Thank you to Aries, Johnny Impact. Thank you to Wink, Aki. Thank you to Dolph Ziggler, and guys, gals. Remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.